One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selected top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how do you hear about Turing? Make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast. Specifically, tell them Matt Sherman 6. 6 is in the month June. And get that remote engineering team today. Not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jason Shatsky, who's a co-founder of TicketRev. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being open and coming on. I am, am definitely interested in what you're building with TicketRev. Uh, for, for people that don't know what you're working on and don't know what TicketRev is, can you, can you tell us what you're working on? Sure. So TicketRev is the first ever reverse marketplace for event tickets. Um, so what that means is we're essentially reversing of the model of a traditional marketplace um, for tickets to concerts, sports, theater, and really any other event you can, you can purchase tickets for on the secondary market. Um, so the way our marketplace works is a buyer who's interested in an event uh, goes on and they select the sections and the rows uh, that they're interested in sitting in. Um, and then they put in a bid, uh, bid amount and quantity. Um, and all of the bids are public. Uh, so anyone can go on and see what bids are available. Uh, and then sellers who are interested in, in reselling the tickets that they have for these events uh, can accept a bid instantly. Um, so by doing that, you never have to go on a site like StubHub or Ticketmaster or SeatGeek and list your tickets for sale. All you do is, is go to our marketplace, enter the location of your tickets, um, and the highest bid will appear. Uh, and as long as you're comfortable with that price, uh, you click accept bid, uh, and it's done because every bid that's placed uh, is attached to payment. Um, so when a buyer is interested and they create a bid, uh, they're attaching their credit card or their PayPal uh, to that bid. So once a seller accepts uh, the transaction, you know, has started. So we'd love to hear a little bit about how you decided to start the reverse marketplace. How do you yeah. even get that concept? And um, just would love to hear the origin story a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so, so I'm a college student now through, through middle school and high school, I resold a bunch of different products. Um, you know, sneakers, watches, and tickets were one of them. Um, and, and it's a really, it's a really frustrating process uh, to have to go on, you know, one or more marketplaces, list your tickets for sale, try and determine what the value is and what you should price them at. And then as the days go by, you have to keep checking in and updating because as soon as it's time for the event, your ticket becomes worthless. Um, and there's been situations where I've actually had, you know, Travis Scott tickets or Yankees tickets 
uh, where I'm trying to get rid of them. And, and all of a sudden it's the day before the event, they're still for sale. I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. Um, and by talking to others, I realized that this is actually a very common problem. Um, and when you look at other industries, um, such as, you know, let's say a used iPhone or a computer, you can go to Gazelle and you can get the instant trade in value. Um, or you can go to CarMax or Kelly Blue Book and get the value of your car. Or now you can go to StockX and you can get instantly the value of your sneakers um, or your handbag or your watch. Uh, but there's no way to get that instant value for your tickets. Um, so by starting ticket rev and collecting bids from buyers, uh, not only can we provide sellers with the true value of what their tickets are worth, but we can allow sellers to accept a bid and sell their tickets instantly, um, which is really that core feature and value prop of our company. Since you're doing a reverse ticket marketplace or just reverse marketplace, yep. um, you know, that's obviously uh, somewhat unique. Um, so I'm curious as you started ticket rev and started working on it, what have been some of the things that you've learned uh, from that model on um, things that you didn't expect or just overall, what have you learned um, since I'm um, starting ticket rev? Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I started, you know, I've experienced the problem myself, like I said, and I've talked to others who have. Um, but when we initially started, I listed out all the features uh, that I wanted to incorporate in, in, in the product. Um, the first thing we did is, is we built out mockups and a clickable prototype. Um, and from there, I was able to go out uh, and really talk to, you know, other users, um, not just, you know, ticket individual buyers and sellers like myself, um, but also seasoned ticket holders and ticket brokers and, and people within the industry on the business and the ticketing side. Um, and I'd say the, the biggest problem we found um, outside of, you know, having to wait uh, throughout that listing process was the fees. Um, you know, fees on both the buyer and the seller side. Um, it's a very frustrating process. Anyone who's ever purchase tickets from a site like StubHub knows that when they select a $100 seat, once they get to checkout, that's going up to 125, 135. Um, and then the seller is only going to receive 75 or 80 bucks uh, because they're taking those unbelievable fees on both ends. Um, so so as, we, as we did all this market research and prototype testing, uh, one of the things we determined is that in our initial launch, what we wanna do is eliminate fees for buyers. Um, and then on the seller side, not only are we accepting a commission, but we're rewarding sellers for selling with us. Um, so our commission starts at eight and a half percent. But as your sales volume increases with us, that'll gradually drop down to around six and a half percent. So the biggest thing that we learned is the fees, um, but really just so much insight on what people are frustrated with on both the buy and the sell side of secondary ticket resale. So let's walk through um, like a an example. Like let's say for me, um, just to kind of crystallize the the user experience. So I want to go to a Phoenix Suns game, yep. and it, you know, and the Suns are being uh, at some point in you know in the next year or two, hopefully. Uh, mm -hmm. So I would. Um, so tell me from like what walk me from from start to finish. I, I want to go to the Suns game. I want a good seat. Can you kind of walk me through the process of of what exactly I would do on Ticket Rev and like what an average consumer experiences when when they do a transaction on it? Right. Absolutely. Sure. Um, so let's say you know, like you said, you're in Phoenix. I'm coming to visit you, and the Lakers are in town. Uh, we want to go to that game. We want to see LeBron. Um, and it's you know, let's say it's a month out. Uh, we go on Ticket Rev, we, we find the event, um, and the first thing we do is we click Create Bid. 
Um, from there, we see a list of all of the sections uh, in, in the arena where the, where the Suns play. Um, and we choose anywhere from one to all of them, you know, whatever we want. Let's say for this example, uh, we want to sit right behind the, the Phoenix Suns bench. Um, so we choose those four or five sections from the map and decide that not only do we want to be in, in those five sections, but we want to be in the first 10 rows. Um, so we're going to create a bid on sections 101 through 105, anywhere in the first 10 rows of each of those sections. Um, the next step is to enter the quantity and the price. Um, so, you know, let's say you and I have been browsing other sites. We see that, you know, tickets in the area that we want are going for around 150. Um, so we're going to, we're going to throw out a bid for 125 uh, and two seats. Um, last thing we do is, is we enter our credit card number. Uh, then, then uh, there's an expiration option. So we can have that bid live until the event day, uh, or we can have it up for three days, seven days, or 30 days. Um, but regardless of which one we choose, we can take it down at any time uh, before it's accepted. Um, so let's say we choose the option until event date. Now we're ready to submit the bid. It goes live on our site and anyone, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to be registered as a seller. Anyone can go on and they can see that that bid is there. Um, so, you know, a couple days goes by, a seller somewhere else in Phoenix, you know, maybe they're a Sun season ticket holder, has those for sale. Um, they decide that they're going to sell them to us. Even though we put in our credit card number, we have not been charged. Uh, we're not charged until the tickets are verified. So what's going to happen is the seller is going to come on. They're going to accept our bid. Immediately, we'll be notified uh, that our transaction has now been moved to a pending state. Um, that's because the, the seller has 20, a 24-hour window to transfer those tickets. Um, more than 75% more than of tickets now are electronic. Um, so it, it's likely that the Suns um, either have their own app or they're going through a third-party ticketing company. And all they're going to do is um, transfer those tickets to your email. Um, once they're sent, uh, we then approve the transaction. Um, you know, they upload some sort of proof or they can transfer to us as, as the middleman. Um, and, and then once we approve the transaction, uh, you know, our card as the buyer uh, is charged um, and then the seller receives their money you know, within a day or two uh, via PayPal. Nice. That is very descriptive and very helpful to understand from start to finish how the whole process works. Um, I, a couple more questions. I would love to know right now um, how, uh, two-prong question. One is how many people are working on this right now? Is you and a co-founder? Do, do you have a small team? Um, and then the reason I ask, because I'm curious with that knowledge, I'm curious, like, what do you spend your time all day? Do you spend your time on product development? Spend it on sales? Has that changed over time as you've potentially grown in, in company size? So I would love to just kind of hear size and then like, what are you spending your time on as, as, as someone running this company? Right, absolutely. And, and so our team right now is that there's two founders, um, myself and my co-founder, Andrew. Um, you know, technically our official roles are on the CEO and he's the COO. Um, but with such an early stage startup, so much of it is collaboration. Um, you know, every day, every, almost every hour, we're working on something different. Um, and, and for the past few months, we've been so focused on product development, um, building out uh, our initial product, um, you know, testing the features and things like that. Um, and, you know, now we're in this, in this very interesting um, phase where 
you know, there are no events for the next couple of months with fans. Um, and so our whole mindset and approach has shifted um, because we initially planned to launch this company and launch the marketplace um, end of March, last week of March. Uh, and it was, it was about mid-March where things started changing. Um, so now we, we won't be launching uh, the marketplace until, you know, at least probably around September or October. Uh, and, you know, while that is very disappointing in the short term, uh, long term, we actually see that as a good thing. Um, and that's because, you know, so many of our competitors are, are being exposed for, you know, wrongful policies with, with refunds um, or, or lack of, of good customer service and things like that. Um, and so we're confident that uh, once this pandemic is over, you know, people are going to be more excited than ever to return to sports and return to concerts because ultimately these events are what bring people together. And so our focus through the summer um, is really building a community of sports and entertainment fans. Um, our initial launch is going to be in Boston only. Um, you know, that, that's going to serve as our proof of concept. Um, so really building, building a community of these fans, um, interacting and engaging with as many people as possible, um, you know, testing our product, um, exploring different marketing opportunities, and, and just doing whatever we can uh, to build an even greater launch when it does happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, 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 it's 100% taking the cards that you're dealt, you know, turning them into pocket aces or whatever, whatever the term is, it, you're doing it the right way, which is great. We'd love to look out and uh, kind of look out maybe 10, 15 years, uh, yep. the, the big vision for what, what you're working on, you know, so I guess, in, in 10, 15 years, what do you want your company to look like? And ultimately, what's the big vision for it? Yep. So, so I believe this model is, is the future of, of not only ticket resale, um, but this reverse model concept um, is the future of secondary resale in so many different industries. Um, so it's hard to say exactly in, in 10 to 15 years where I'm going to be at and what the company is going to look like. Um, but within the next couple of years, or really even within the next year, once we pass our, our proof of concept and we determine, okay, you know, this set of features is really working. Here's what we need to add uh, to make it even better, an even better product. Um, and then, you know, start branching out to different cities, you know, after Boston, we go to New York and, and um, you know, really becoming that next marketplace that people go to uh, for their tickets. And, and so it's, it's hard to say, you know, in 10 years, this is what the company is going to be. Um, but, but I believe that our model is, is the future for buying and reselling tickets. And ultimately it's, it's the best way um, to purchase tickets. Cause you know, take another example, let's say, you know, a, a family of four um, wants to go to a basketball game. You know, their, their children are younger. They don't care as much as the opponent. They don't care as much about who the opponent is. They just want tickets for 50 bucks each. Um, they want a game that's on a weekend night and um, you know, they place that bid. And, and, and so, Essentially, our marketplace is helping them find those tickets uh, and saving them time. Um, so, so, so ultimately, this is just a better solution for for a problem that's existed for so long. Definitely, and to to make all that happen, you'll you'll need some help. Obviously, you'll you'll definitely yep. need some customers, maybe some investors, probably some more employees. Also, will need help from the forward-thinking founders community. And for my last question, um, it's how can forward-thinking founders community help you? Is there an ask that you have uh, for anyone listening that we might be able to assist with? 
yeah, anyone who, you know, finds this model interesting would, would be interested in, in, in testing out our product, um, you know, chatting more about, about anything that they're hearing. Um, if this, you know, stimulates interest, I'd love to chat. Uh, my email is jason at ticketrev, ticketrev.com. Um, so, you know, reach out, please. I, I'd love to chat. Um, even, even if you're just curious about how I went about building it or, or what the future holds, um, or maybe you're in the Boston area and, and you're interested in, in using the product soon. Um, I'm open to any sort of discussion. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's really my ask. Uh, anyone who's interested, please reach out. All right. And the last question, if someone wanted to find you on the internet, find your, your website or on Twitter or anything like that, where can people find you online um, and find your company online? Yep. So our website is ticketrev.com. Uh, you can head over there now and, and sign up for, for early access. Um, you know, we'll be sending out notifications through email. And then we're on all social media channels at TicketRev. Um, so Instagram at TicketRev, uh, that's Ticket R-E-V. Uh, same with Twitter, TicketRev, Facebook.com slash TicketRev. Um, so you, you can pretty much find us anywhere. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I think what you're building is super interesting and your approach is obviously unique and looking forward to see what happens. So best of luck and thanks again for coming on. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they have going on. And if you go over to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, tell them Matt Sherman sent you. Tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 being the month of June. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.